All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Mostly Ghostly with uh, your, myself, Machu, and my co-host, Ray. You know what I mean? Ray, how you doing over there? Pretty good. How about you? Doing fantastic. Always good to have a new episode of Mostly Ghostly going down. Whenever that's happening, there can be no frown. You know what I'm saying? And we have a great guest with us this evening. The great Jennifer Jacobs from Eclipse Paranormal in the building. Jennifer, how you doing over there? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Good. I know there's a whole bunch of organizations and cool things that you're into and, you know, representing and getting down with. So uh, it'll be a meaty episode, but we usually like to start, uh, you know, from the beginning. These things, you know, you always like to say, when uh, did the paranormal kind of come into your life and uh, will will progress into kind of what, what you do with it now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, far back as I can remember, three or four years old, I saw something out of my mom's bedroom window. And as I got older, I found out it's an elemental And it looked at me, smiled, and I told my mom what I saw. And she told me that was the devil after me because I was being mean. Oh, no. That didn't deter me. Nope. Not one little bit. And I would read as much as I could on the paranormal, you know, back then. All we had was the library. I lived in a small town. So they didn't have a whole lot on it, but as much as I could get, yeah. I would read about it. Was your mother? Hell yeah! Was your mother on the spiritual side of things? No, um, her sister. I tried to get her to ghost hunt with me, and she's like, "Nope, I see and hear enough at my house as it is, so I'm good." No, but my dad's side, my grandma would speak to spirit. She would see them. And my uncle was born with a veil. And all of my aunts and uncles have, they can, they have the sixth sense, seventh sense, whichever. So they have it. Now the veil, for the people at home that might be listening that don't might not know what the veal is, for someone having the veal. And we're not talking about the food, you know, what they're having for dinner, that was a veal. Um, what, 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 What would you be talking about with that? My uncle was born with the veil, and what it is, it's like extra skin that covers your face. And they say people with the veil are very psychic. Okay. I support that. Ray, what do you think over there? No, I, I agree. That sounds uh, that sounds about right. Now, when you seen that thing in the window, did you ever get a vibe of like what it, what it was trying to communicate to you or who it could have been i had no idea i just saw it and it looked at me smiled and i was really confused and was like what am i seeing and i went and told my mom and she said that but i was raised southern baptist the jump up and testify southern baptist yeah so that would explain a lot about it (laughs) for sure for sure so, so for many years, you would you would be interested with it. When exactly did you start getting like involved? 
in 2003 that they actually started having a group here where I live at and I worked retail. So every Saturday I would end up working when they'd have meetings and eventually I moved from here and they had a chapter where I moved to. It's about an hour south of where I'm at. And eventually I joined that chapter in 2011 and I decided that was no longer for me and I started my own team. That's how it goes. Yeah. And, you know, I'd always hear things, see things, feel things. Hear your name? Eclipse Paranormal. Oh, no, no, no. Hear your name. Get a lot of the name here. And we hear a lot. I've had some of that. I hear it more now that I investigate. I never really heard it back when I was younger. Yeah. It would just... You would hear like people talk or whispers or just that feeling that you were being watched, that someone was there. Yeah. Yeah. I had a weird situation where I was in my house, my, not my house, rather my parents' house. And uh, I could have sworn I heard my dad say from the kitchen area, say something like a, like a sentence. And then uh, come to find out uh, he, he was not in that room at all. He is still with us, you know, thank goodness. But uh, it was so weird that he wasn't even in the house, but I could have sworn it was him. You know. That's kind of creepy. <laughs> it's kind of a creepy thing. I, mean, I was very creepy. It is. Yeah, I've had a, a few, you know, I've had a decent amount of things, uh, you know, reach out from the paranormal, if you will. I know that this room recently, when, when I got, when I came down here, I was putting in a, I had a record player. And uh, it was, like, just the record player and the speakers. There was nothing else to it. And I remember, like, the record, <clears throat> the record, it, you know, done its rotation. It stopped. And then it's, it, like, set the arm down. And then I started hearing very old music. And I know people might be saying, yeah, oh, come on. Well, we'll get out of here with that. But very, uh, very real. Very real stuff. Very happened. A lot of stuff kind of happened at this house. We used when we first started the mostly ghostly show. We were uh, we we were recording here up in the kitchen, and you know I know Ray got a vibe for somebody being here, a lady being here, and it fits into my my, uh, my fiance. Um, she's seen she's seen like a lady poke her head in through the door once, and that creeped her out as would anybody, but. The creepiest, the thing that really got us was, um, we were doing, we were recording and every now and then like the tape would, you know, the batteries would die. You'd get mm-hmm. to the end of the file and it would switch over. So it stopped. I believe this was the batteries. So it stopped and we switched the batteries. So usually in a situation like that, you would have like conversation, conversation. Uh, and then the, it would stop and the next file would be, you know, all right, we're back conversation. And what this one was, was it was, we were having the conversation, it cut off. And then there's like a weird recording for like 10 seconds of like ladies feet going across the hardwood floor and then it stops and then it goes into, all right, we're back. It was such a crazy thing. It was such a wild deal. Um, I put it in the episode. It was so crazy. I put it at the end of that episode just to be like, what? But yeah, you know, you remember that, Ray? 
Oh yeah, I remember. Crazy madness. Now I know that you're you're also a strong believer, like we are on the show of the parallel lines drawing, you know, trauma with abuse and abuse to the paranormal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, when did that kind of first come into the big picture of things? And you, you figured that out, so to speak. Well, I've known for years if something bad happens, it draws energy in. And my favorite place to investigate is Ohio State Reformatory. With everything that happens there, it draws all the energy in. Like you had rape in prison, you had murders, you have riots and deaths. You know, it's just fights. All that negative energy would just just draw in. Yeah. You know, we talk about how, like, just the negative energy of, like, wasting away in jail. You know what I mean? Like, the energy that would, the the doom and gloom that would be of somebody. You know, I'm sure there was many a folk in there that didn't even do it. They were in there, that, like, you know, rotten for, so to speak. And the energy of that, like, of the, the un, not being the, un, you know, injustice of being innocent and being locked away in there, just the, the vibe, I think, that you'd be throwing off would be uh, enough to kind of leave some serious stuff behind. Then you have the really violent criminals on death row and in solitary. So it just draws negative in. Yeah. And everything just kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, for sure. You know, we're made of energy. There's all kinds of energy out there. Yeah. And, and, you know, a prison is definitely like a hub for that stuff heavily. We, yeah. uh, we got a local, uh, like a mental, TB mental hospital in, you know, insane asylum, whatever the appropriate term is, but we have one of them and we got into a big discussion in our youth just about like all the crazy stuff, the energy that must be in that place. Cause like, you know, if you were in a place like that, it's pretty much prison. You know what I mean? If uh, if the people, the the you know the orderlies don't approve, if you're if you're too much trouble or something like that, and I'm like, and you got no family that's kind of like watching out for you to make sure nobody does anything bad to you, it's very possible you could trip down the stairs or something like that. And same thing with prison; it's kind of a, yeah, a lot of bad energy. Very common to catch those vibes in places like that. That that's my if you heard him, that's my son playing on his PlayStation with his friends. (laughs) He was in there squealing. Oh, it's all good. Squealing's good in in a happy in a PlayStation way. You know what I mean? Long live the gamer. Ohio State uh, Reformatory, I've been in that one. As a matter of fact, we we did an episode on that one and it was very responsive. They got I got some very solid responses there. And it was an interesting place to spend uh, probably about three hours in. Yeah, it it's amazing. And if they like you, they like you. If they don't like you, oh, they will let you know in there. Oh, they did. They did. <laughs> but both both ways. It was funny because in one room, when I was done, and they must have liked me or they were lonely because when I was done, I said I'm leaving. I turned around and I hear with my ears. Of course, I had my re- my recorder going all the time, but I actually heard 
I'm leaving, and I hear someone say, no. And I left. I checked the recorder. It wasn't my imagination. The recorder picked it up also. So we've heard, the last time I was there, I actually heard some growls in solitary. And I was like, no, I'm not going to deal with that tonight. Yeah. I I I, had, I went into a cell. I forgot which one it was. It was one where there was famous for something happening in it. And I was in there, and uh, <clears throat> I had the recorder going. And I said, uh, well, what do you think of my being in here? And I gave it a little bit, and I said, okay, I'm going to, you want me to leave? And then I left. When I was listening to it later on, it's, I, you know, I, I asked, uh, you know, what do you think of my, may not have been the exact word, but what do you think of my being in here? A voice goes, this is our place. And then, uh, yeah, you want me to leave? Get out. So, okay, I'm gone. I know the first the first time we went, it was with the first team I was with and two of the girls and their mom and their husbands went and the husbands went in the cell in the cells and we were sitting out there asking questions. And I asked them, I said, do you like your company? And they said, I don't remember. One of them on the recorder said, I do. No. So. Mm -hmm. Positive note. I was like, well, there must be lonely. Have some visitors come sit down and talk a while. You know, what makes you, what, why do you think the prisoners would stay in such a place where you're just drawn to it? You know, it's got to be, because you assume once they transcend to the next place, even if they're world bound, the last place they're going to want to be is in that prison, you know what I mean? Or whatever, the hospital, wherever, you know, wherever it may be. You know, you were talking about violence in asylums, and it made me think of Pennhurst, how violent that was. Oh, yeah. How sad. Yeah, that's a notorious one. When you brought up the the growl you brought up, there was a growl. We we brought a video camera into that hospital, and at the very end, like, when we're walking through, the video camera picked, grabbed a lot of stuff that we didn't catch. That if we caught when we were there, we would have been like out of there, you know. And the growl was at the end. There's a part where we're walking down a hallway, and there's a broken wall, part of the wall that like goes down into the basement. And as we pass over with the camera, you just hear this growl, and it's just like, we did see at the end of that. Yeah, the most paranormal, hot, biggest hotspot I've ever been. I've been to a few, but the biggest one had to have been that hospital. And it was a, um, I always tell this story so the, the, the people listening at home are throwing their, their, their Walkmans out the radio, uh, out the window. But um, so we go, we, we had to, you know, don't tell the police. We had to break into this little, this hospital, right? But it was shut down for a long time, no big and uh, we had to peel back the plywood and fall into it. And it, like it was like chest high, um, you know, like these windows and it went into the like the, the first basement, if you will. There was like an under part to it. But so we're leaving. We walked through this whole place and we're leaving. Me and my buddy are I'm handing him the video camera. And all we hear when well, we're both look the cameras off, we're both looking down at the camera. We hear a sound and i remember we would both look up and we look over and then went down the hallway there's just like a u-shaped hallway down this hallway 
There's swear to God on my life. And that, that means something to me. I wouldn't just say that. And this was the probably the biggest paranormal event of my life. And I, we've seen plaster falling down. Dish, dish, and like something was stomping on the floor above. Dish, like coming towards us. And I remember at that point, I turn to look at my buddy and I just see his feet going out the window. And then once I realized I'm in here, like my brain clicked, you're in here by yourself. I heard this weird whisper. It was, it was a, a man's voice, a woman's voice. And I don't know what the third's voice was, but they were like <sighs> over each other like that. And I remember I had to, I went down to the hallway to get a chair and the chair had a bent leg on it. So I had to go up the hallway where the plaster was falling from and I had to grab a chair in the hallway. I was coming back. Up into the point I got into that, from the point coming back with that chair up the hall and until my body was outside of that window, the scariest I've ever been in my life. And I had a feeling like when I was halfway in that window, something was going to like pull me back in. Very, that was the best night's sleep I ever had in my life when I got back home. Fantastic. But. We watched that tape and there was a lot of weird, there was like little stones getting thrown in front of the camera. There was just, there's this weird crate. We go into this room in the basement and it's filing cabinets all knocked over and like the camera pans the room and you literally see a noose swinging. You see, this is like, this is like Goosebumps television show right here. It's like, you know, 101 hauntings. So you see this noose hanging. And it's like in the back of the room, there's no windows in this place. It's just in the back of this room with filing cap. No way we could have got to it. We didn't see that when we were in there. Like I would have been gone so quick. But yeah, there's a lot of bad energy in these places and you can't really tear them down because it's like the energy is still there. You, we build an apartment building over it or a school or whatever you're going to do. Now you got that bad energy there. You would have to bring the appropriate thing would be like, exercising them right or you know you'd have to get a priest in there or something right that's what i think i know um i live about two and a half three hours away from gary mm. in chicago and zach Bagans bought that house up there and tore it down and i'm like did you like cleanse the property what did you do with the property did you just release everything in that house yeah because he never he just tore it down and I still have no idea what he did with it. I don't think they ever said if he cleansed it or if he closed that portal or whatever was there, what he did to that property before he tore it down. But that wouldn't make good TV. So, you know, they wouldn't tell that part. The dark forces rounding up all the portals for themselves for the, for the big, uh, Something dark, craziness. You know? Yeah, I'm just, I'm curious what he did with that property. I know, far as I know, nothing's been built on it, which is a good thing. Yeah, that always surprised me when, when people think that just knocking the house down is going to, like, solve the problem. You know, it's the... It's the, the ground. Yeah, it's the ground. Uh, it's, the, oh, it's, it's been known that... Um, some extremely some places that extreme hauntings that they've torn down where they recycle some of the material, the buildings mm -hmm. that it goes into, the material holds some of the energy. 
right. and that new that new building in a different location starts to have things happen, and you can usually trace it back to, oh, uh, we got some of the lumber from such and such. You mean that old haunted place they torn down? That's where you got some of the lumber they build this. Boom, that's it. That makes, that makes perfect sense, though. The energy is stored there. Yeah, I never thought about that, but it makes perfect sense. In the vibration. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a girl I used to work with at my previous job, and she's like, okay, I have to ask you about this. And she showed me this video she caught on her security camera. She's like, what is that? I was like, I'm not real sure. I still have the video. I never, she asked me not to release it. So I never released it, but she's like, how can I have something here? It's a new house. I said, what was on the property before that? And she's like, nothing, nothing was there. I said, but what was there like a hundred years ago? What was there 50 years ago? What was there 200 years ago? And she's like, what are you talking about? I said, it might, it's not your house. I said, it's probably attached to the ground. I said, you don't know what was there. So it took her a minute to think about it. And she finally got it. She's like, I don't, I don't even want to think about that. But she had something in her house. Yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult. Unless you know what you're doing, it's very difficult to get rid of these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, uh, it's tricky. We, yeah, we, even we we'll have people come on the show, and you know, you know, like really uh, new blue investigators and stuff. We'll have people come on the show that don't even do like uh, like prayers and stuff like that before going into a place or like closing it off, like. When you exit it, you know what I mean? Like, you don't see, so you don't bring anything home with you. It's kind of, I'm always like dumbfounded when people tell me they don't do that because it's like, that's troublesome. You got, you're going in there tempting them to begin with, almost like pushing their buttons, being like, I don't believe, you know, in your existence type deal, which is always, everybody loves hearing that. So you go, you're, you're, you're pushing the bear. So you poking the bear. And then you're going to leave. No, and you know this. And, and these investigators are like, you know, they can't be, they know, you know, someone that doesn't know any better, you can't really blame them. But the investigators know what could happen. It's like, do some, take care of yourself out there. And we always tend to say, you can't follow us home. You know, you have to stay here and do a few other things. Yeah. And, I I don't do anything before I go in and I don't really like to know what's happened in the location. I mean, some places like Pennhurst, you can't help but know right. or Ohio State or OSR, you know, they're so prevalent in the field, you know, things that have happened. But I'm trying to think, where was it? We were at, oh, Hensdale House. I knew some of the things that had happened there, but not everything. And then Post Town Elementary School. Mm. Have you heard of that? Post Town? I think I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. It's down by Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. And guy, people that own it's great. And we went in there and I didn't know a whole lot about it. 
I investigate with Becky and neither one of us knew anything about it. It was just the two of us there that night. And then we had other people as a Halloween event. So the public come in and investigate with us. So it's just the two of us from my team. And I was getting stuff. And the next day I talked to Daryl and I said, do you, I don't remember the name. I have it wrote down somewhere. I said, does this name sound familiar to you? He goes, yeah, how'd you know that name? I said, well, I kept hearing that name. I said, and a little boy in bibbed overalls and a little girl. And he's like, I haven't heard that name in a long time. And I guess, was it Psychic Kids that Chip Coffee had? I think so, yeah. yeah. So he said, the one girl that was on there came back and told him, I keep thinking his name is like Billy, Bobby, something like that. And he said that she came in there and talked to him when they investigated. And she would call him every now and then and say, this kid is um, back there. He wants some toys. And he wants to communicate. And he said, I haven't heard that name in a long time. And I, I absolutely knew nothing about that. And it just like came across and he was like, wow. I was like, I, I swear I had no idea. You know, these, you think they can follow for, for, for until someone's death? Like you think they can tag in and just kind of, they're there like a spirit, you know, we talk about them following you home, but it's like, how long of a, if you're being followed by an entity, is this something that you think they, they, something would wear off and after a while they would go somewhere else? Or do you think it's something they're tagged in until you're kind of, you're gone too? You're a ghost as well. I think like, um, if you have an attachment, you can, I think you can get rid of it. I actually was sent one. Yeah. A couple of years ago. This is kind of drama, but you have to know the backstory. So my son's youngest dad was messing with this girl. He was cheating on me. And she's, her daughter and my daughter were friends and they went to the same daycare. So she knew we were together. So he was messing with her and I found out and he came home one night and I kept getting these really bad headaches and like, pain in my shoulder and my friend Tamala did Reiki on me and I told her I said I think she sent me something and she said like when she was doing Reiki on me that it kept saying I need her I want her and she says she had a hell of a time getting rid of it and my spirit guides helped her get rid of it and I was cleared. She goes, oh, my gosh. She goes, I had the worst pain in me when it left. And as soon as it was gone, the pain went away for her. And I could tell a difference, too. And then the next day, she said that they came back to her and told her that it was sent to me in my sleep. I said, I knew it. I said, because it attached to me at night. Yeah. While I was sleeping. And, you know, you're vulnerable at night when you're asleep. Yeah. And it attached to me and she got rid of it for me. You think that, 
it zoned, it zoned in on the fact that you were, you were, you know, a very emotional time that, you know, thinking of these things, you might have like a, a bitterness or an anger and it, the, the, you know, those negative emotions kind of got wrapped up in that type deal. I think I, she sent it to me. It's, she sent, she like sent it through him to me to attach to me. Yeah. And then I did a return to sender to her. Yeah. And within a week, she was losing money left and right. Oh, yeah. So, it I mean, just I returned it to her. And, you know, and then I froze her and I haven't had to deal with her since. Yeah. So, it's just kind of like that stuff. You know, you can get attachments. Like, people can send you stuff. Um, years ago, I was told that in hospitals, when babies are born, the spirit, like, Spirits are left at the hospital, you know, people die left and right in there and they attached to newborns. And this, this was probably 10 years ago. And it was from a gal that owns a spiritual shop. And she said they will attach to babies. So when my youngest was born, I went and got cleansed. I had my daughter cleansed and I had him cleansed. Like he was maybe two months old and we had him cleansed as a newborn. Just in case. Well, I, I agree to 110%. You know, in a situation where people aren't hip to stuff like that and they don't ever address it and you just have this newborn, do you think that that's something that would stick with him for, like, life? Or do you think that's something that would eventually, you know, I mean, there's there's multiple. You could also say, is it going to feed off of him? You know, is it, it, it negative energy, positive energy? You know what I mean? You, know, you hear more negative energies. But, um yeah. I know my daughter, she, um, and that's something else, a different, like, I'm very vocal about suicide awareness as well. Definitely. My daughter has tried to kill herself twice. So a year ago in December, we sent her to a hospital and to, on December 16th, we celebrated her being out a year and next month, Towards the end of February, first part of March, she went back in the hospital last year. So it's almost been a year she's been out. And before she went in, she would sit there and scream at the walls. And she would tell me she would see this man or this big black mass. Like it was shaped like a man. It had no eyes. And it would tell her to do things like cut herself. And she doesn't need to be here. And... I cleansed the whole house when she was gone. I cleansed her room. I cleansed the whole entire house and salted, saged, whatever I needed to do. She came home and she has not seen that since. And whatever that was, she picked up somewhere or else maybe her friends brought it to her. It was attached to them and then it took her over because she's an empath as well. And she's she's been seeing stuff since she was four as well. And she has that bright light and she knows when things are going to happen. It ain't easy for the empaths, that's for sure. This world gets wild, you know what I mean? So if you're picking oh, yeah. up other people's energy, then there's a lot of bad energy floating around out there. Ray, what do you think about that and like the eyeless, the, the eyeless entity? What do you think that was? 
I don't know. It sounds uh, like like almost pure evil type deal. Like it's almost like an energy that you know, you know, suicide is such an awful thing, <clears throat> and it kind of plagues the youth. You know what I mean? It, it throughout all ages, but the youth, high schools get caught up in it pretty heavy, and it's like you and, know. What I mean? And that's another thing. She would go to school. She'd be okay for a few days, and she would go to school. And she couldn't stay there. That's the last time she was in the hospital. She actually called me from the bathroom at school and told me, she said, mom, if I had a gun with me, I wouldn't be here. I would have blown my brains out in the bathroom. So I had to go to school and get her. And I don't know, maybe, you know, there's like so much negativity with those kids. For sure. And the bullying and she's mixed. And most of the kids are in a white school. And there's a couple black kids and a few mixed kids. And a couple years ago, they actually made a video in their cafeteria. It was five or six boys. And they said, F the N word. They should all be slaves again. So that's there. That's kind of some of their mentality. So she had to deal with that. So that negativity, she absorbed that. And then somewhere she picked up that really, really I don't know what to call it. So somewhere along the line, or maybe it just manifested from all that negativity into that. We'll give her our love. And uh, yeah, like high high school, it's, it's four or five years and then you never have to see those people again. That's the biggest thing I try to tell people in high school is like, if you knew how little you would deal with those, you're going to end up dealing with those people in life after you get out of school. Like, okay. don't sweat it. It sucks, the situation, but, like, it'll get better once it's over type deal. In schools, I mean, you go back, even, you know, schools of all, you talk about prisons and asylums, you know what I mean? Talk about bad energy. I mean, school's kind of only gotten better, I'd feel, a little bit more, you know, it's been a little, little more harsh in the day where at least now the people are looking to, like, oh, you have that issue. Let me help you out with it. Where back in the day, it'd be like, yeah, this, that, ain't, that ain't a real issue. That's no issue. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of energy. The schools, yeah. Ray, what do you think about the schools and the energy in these schools? Yeah, you got your positive stuff from time to time, but you're definitely catching probably way more at negative vibes in school. Well, also, you take the, if you're talking about high school. Yeah. That's a crazy time because people are going, they, they're going through all the changes. Yeah. So there's a lot of changes going on there. It's also a time that some of those changes are affecting the home life and their whole relationship with their parents. So you've got some stressors at home. You've got stressors to perform at school. You've got the different cliques and this group and that group and all the different peer pressure, the changes that the person is going through. Uh, historically, in the past, the lack of support people have. It's just one crazy time, and the energy is just can be brutal. Yeah. Now, if you are open at all, an empath or, or open, just, just sensitive at all, it's going to be hell. And it, it's, go, it's going to affect you. Sure. I mean, if you're, if you're empathic, you're picking up them vibes. You know, it, there's a lot of, even, even the bullies are unhappy in school. There's, there's, you know what I mean? Like there's, in like the jocks and however you will, like they're not even happy. Like it's kind of a weird 
pecking order of unhappy people in high school. You know what I mean? And uh, they all kind of, I always say people should be shown the breakfast club, the movie, the very first day of high school to let everybody know that you're all the same. You're all on the same page. Don't be, you know, mean to each other because it is what it is. You're all kind of in it together type deal. But yeah, you never think about schools and that and bad energy that these places have. You know, a lot of worry there. You know, my my grades going to be good. You know what I mean? My future is my future going to be what it should be. This all depends on it. You have teachers that are troublesome. You know, I've had a few troublesome teachers in my day. They do exist. I can attest to it. And uh, if you're trying to get somewhere in the in, in the schooling system, or you're trying to get into a nice college or something like that, you could, a high school teacher could definitely ruin your uh, quote-unquote life, you know what I mean? There's a lot of, like, weird weird energy at a school, for sure, for sure. I know, Ray, you've been to Ohio a few times for some paranormal stuff. I know you hit the hospital, and uh, you hit somewhere else, too. Did you hit a cemetery? Uh, no, I forgot where it was. Yeah. I know that there was a place near where I was staying <clears throat> that was haunted, and I could take a, I could pretty much see the area and take a walk and go visit it. Ohio State Reformatory. That was uh, yeah, that was an interesting one. Uh, I, there's several others I'd like to see out there. Yeah, and uh, right now I got tentative plans to go back and visit out there, and hopefully I can slip one of those places in. For sure. We um we were over in Mansfield about a month ago and my eight year old he's like, Oh, I want a ghost hunt with you, Mom. No, not yet. <laughs> and he uh I told him, I said, Okay, I said, Do you want to do the ghost tour before we leave? And the prison wasn't open, it was a week before Christmas. And I told him, I said, if the prison's open, we'll go on a tour. It's very well worth the money just to go and unfortunately it wasn't open it was closed for the holidays so we did the tour we went by the prison we did the bisman building um i we were our aunt lives out by malabar farms like her road that you turn on you have the sign that says malabar farms this way so that we were that close so we went out by malabar farms and we did the whole like haunted mansfield thing and we drove by and I was like, we find, we drove by the Bisman building and I had never, I hadn't paid attention that that was the Bisman building before when we were downtown. So I purposely drove by and I would, you look at it and you can just feel the energy off of it. You can tell it's really old and you could just feel it coming off of it. And Xander looks at it. He goes, is that it? Cause it sure looks creepy. I was like, yeah, that's it. I mean, him at eight, he could tell which building it was just by the energy. And then we we drove over by the theater there, and there's another place. There's a couple more around there. Like, Ohio has all these great places to investigate. Yeah, I've heard they got a lot of good hot spots over there. One of the best places I ever investigated in Ohio is now torn down. It's old St. Joseph Hospital. The place was amazing. And the black mold just took it over so much yeah. that there was no way. But 
I actually, the only thing I can describe seeing in that building, the way I can describe this entity was a rake. And ICU was very active. Um, it was just an amazing place to investigate. And now it's torn down. Because, you know, you can't go in there and breathe all that black mold. Did they build anything over it or is it just still still? Torn? I think they built some kind of medical center over it. I don't know. I heard they were building, but, you know, you never, you hear all these rumors, but. So that's going to be a haunted medical center. Probably so. You know what I mean? Yep. It's very creepy stuff. You know what I mean? You think, um, you know, all you, you brought up your son. I know your son probably knows about the paranormal because it's such a part of your life. But when we talk about people that might not know anything about it except for entertainment, do you think that, you know, all these paranormal shows are definitely a good thing? You know, I think they're bringing aware, you know, to someone that might not know, they could be bringing awareness to the wrong people. What's your take on something like that? I think they make it more exciting than it really is. Yeah. <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Because you could sit there. There's a place here in Indiana. It's the old Blackford County Jail. I've been there three times. Hmm. First time I went, nothing. Nada. Other people had things happen. They saw stuff. Me, nothing. Second time I went, I saw one thing. And then the last time we went, it was active. It took me three times to get anything from that building. So you could sit there for eight hours, not have anything happen. You could go in there and all hell break loose. There's a uh, group, the Tennessee Wraith Chasers. uh Uh-huh. They've had several shows. On one of their shows, they did uh, kind of a special to show you what it takes to get something. Now, uh, <clears throat> like you said, sometimes it sounds like they're easy. People go in one night to, and that's it, and they come out with all this evidence. Mm-hmm. They actually documented they arrived on Monday, and they investigated all the way through till Friday. They did a whole week. Yep. Every night. In order to get something to show, mm. they had to, it took a week, and it, it's not like they got real after real after real. They did get some things happen, but it took that long, night after night, hour after hour, for something to finally show up, and for them to get something on camera. And people got no idea at all. Like you was just, I agree with you, just like you were saying, you don't walk in and a ghost pops up and says hi. Mm. Yeah, that's like um, the guy that owns Old Blackford County Jail. His name's Dan. I'm friends with the lady that manages the place. And yeah, they come in there and they'll spend a week in there. And they might have something happen. They might not. Yeah. And he owns like five locations. He owns uh, the jail, a speakeasy, Randolph County Asylum. He just bought the Jim Jones Church. You know who Jim Jones is, the cult leader. Yeah, oh, yeah. my boy Jim <laughs> Jones. He, he what 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 did he buy of Jim Jones's the site? It's the church that he went to here in Indiana. Like the OG, the one that when he was doing good. 
He was called? doing good. Jim Jones was a good guy, supposedly, until he went crazy from drugs. That's what they say. This is, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, so that's yeah, this okay. is the church he went to when he lived in Indiana, and then he owns General Stone's Mansion, and he has a school in over in Ohio that's not ready to open yet, but he owns some good locations here. Very cool. I like that. I like that. I mean, yeah, the hot spots. Now with area events, it's kind of like uh, that. You get a, that you get you you get the hot spots, and you kind of go around to the different places and do mm-hmm. the. Know what I mean, which is a very cool thing. Um, anybody in Ohio reach out to area events? They got a Facebook page, or yeah, we have Facebook page, website. It's eerie. It's it's eerie dot events. I don't have everything up there. Um, I got to work on that. I'm a little behind. Yeah, my work my work is so busy this year. Like normally, this is our lull, but. We are super busy. It's just been steady. Well, you're one of the hottest working people in the paranormal as well, you know? Thanks. <laughs> we got the Woman of the Paranormal Celebration. You know, we got that coming up. Getting excited for that two-day event in March, right? March 23rd and 24th. I can't. 24 is my favorite number. So what are you guys going to be doing at that event? It will be at, the conference itself will be at the Old Harriman Hospital. Yes. And across the street at Temperance Hall. And then Saturday night, we investigate Brushy Mountain Prison. And Sunday, we will investigate the hospital itself. Very cool. We have lots of speakers. We got some vendors coming. Um, I don't know if you know her. Do you know Catherine Cirillo's? from Greece. She's a psychic medium. The name does sound familiar, but I won't say I definitely, in case you ask me more questions. In case, I, I don't know, I might not know. Ray, you know her, that name? No, the name's familiar, but I'm not I don't, not sure I know her. Well, Ray knows. He's at the glass of water. Mm-hmm. I thought we lost you for a second, Ray. We was very scared. Lake Erie Parafest. Got that coming up too. Yeah, no. That is April 27th in Sandusky, Ohio at the Mary Gorham Museum. Very cool. See the Ohio thing right there. <laughs> I, I tell you. Erie, Ohio. Indiana, Erie, Indiana, and Erie, Ohio. Or is this the same place? I remember the television show, Erie, Indiana. I do too. <laughs> do you remember that show? Yeah. That, that always gets yep. me mixed up. I love that you're doing and all the, these songs. Yeah. And those two events, uh, we're, we're taking donations for domestic violence victims and survivors, sexual assault victims. And we're going to do a raffle and a silent auction with proceeds going to Avalon Center in Tennessee and Safe Harbor and Karen Share in Sandusky. Very cool. You're giving away be giving away some what'd you say you doing like gift baskets? It's whatever you want to donate for a raffle or for a silent auction. I have um I just got a text today from Rex Nielsen. He is sending over 
He is sending along three books and two original drawings. Oh. That are signed. I have Dan at the Hensdale house is going to be doing something. Have you heard of the old Lake County Jail in Crown Point, Indiana, up by Chicago? Yeah. Sandy's donating a five-person investigation. Very cool. Um, I've got more books coming. Daryl Marston is donating a book. I'm trying to think. Uh, I got a list in there. Uh, some people are donating equipment to be auctioned off. I love to hear people supporting a good cause. You know what I mean? That warms my heart. It's a good and, and then the same premise goes with the men's event in September. Yeah, that's coming up too. The Men's of Paranormal Con, September 21st, Ashmore Estates, Ashmore, Illinois. And same premise, only the men's event, the women's event has all female speakers. Vendors are open to everybody, but it features the women who research, investigate, all female team leads. And at that, we're going to split into groups of females only. Yeah, And groups of mixed because I've had women say, when I actually interviewed a gal a couple years ago that her team founder actually grabbed her butt during an investigation and that was the end of it. Oh man, people always ruin, ruin um, stuff, you know. One of the gals that's my lead invest, one of my lead investigators, there's a location out in Colorado where she lives. And the owner sexually harassed her, and she told him off, and she's not allowed in there anymore. Horrifying. So that's why we're going to split into that. Um, then the men's event will feature male speakers. Vendors are open to everybody. We're going to have a group. Becky and I are going to lead a group of women that want to investigate, like just a group of women. Because it's all a safe space. Yeah. And then we'll have the guys lead the mixed groups. And we'll investigate Ashmore. And that will be, we'll take donations, do a raffle, silent auction, donating to East Central, Hope of East Central Illinois. Very cool. And these domestic violence shelters, I really didn't realize, like the one in Tennessee, yeah. Avalon Center, they actually take care of seven shelters in the area. The one in Ohio takes care of three of them. I really didn't realize some of these take care of them more than one. Hmm. Yeah, I, I never would have realized. It. Yeah, it, it's amazing what they do. It's, you know, it's refreshing when you get your hair, you know, so much of the world's so crazy. And it's like, you almost, you almost go, is anybody caring about what's going on? And then you see the evidence of it there and stuff like that, you know, and it's like, yeah, there's people who are fighting the good fight. Every now and then you might feel like the the good fight isn't being fought, but you guys are doing it. I dig that. You got the, the Michiaga cryptid? Michiana, it's it's Michiana because Michigan. we live like, I'm about 20 minutes from Michigan. Yeah. So I'm way up here. But it's called Michiana. So that'll be over by South Bend in North Liberty. And it's just a cryptid conference no investigating nothing like that but there has been dogman dogman sightings over there so i was like hmm, i wonder if they'll let me host this at the state park 
Yeah. No. We don't allow events like that. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just go to the community center. So. We got Jody Cook getting down on some dogman stuff, too. He's from Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> it's very, it's a, it's a happening place. You know, Detroit's got a lot of, you guys ever venture into Detroit being so close? Um, my, uh, son's grandpa lives just outside of Detroit about 30 minutes. Yeah. So we go up there often. They call it the murder mitten. I think I've heard before with Detroit, a nickname for the rappers call it out of those rappers and stuff. Detroit is its own entity, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. We don't really venture into Detroit. Yeah. I've investigated. There was an old building up there. It was Detroit's Precinct 17. It's an old police department. And the gentleman that owned it, he passed away. He was a really nice guy. Yeah. But he was working on rehabbing that and opening it up. And it it was, we got some evidence there, but it was not in a good part of town. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of... It was was across from the school. The school, oh my God, the school was amazing to look at. Yeah. It took up like three blocks and it was abandoned. And I was like, oh, I would love to go in that school. It was all fenced off and there's no way, no. I would not go in an abandoned building up there for anything. Yeah, well, if 8 Miles taught us anything to film, it's that, you know... They, they they kill people and do bad things and then light the buildings on fire on Devil's Night. They got Devil's Night over there, of course. Yep. Oh, yeah. They still have that, too. And they burn the buildings. That's the big thing, right? Burning buildings on Devil's yeah. Night. That's one of the big things. Yeah. Causing ruckus. Is it Halloween or is it close to Halloween? Is it actually Halloween or? I don't remember if it's Halloween or the day before or the night before. I don't remember. That's a Google. That is a Google. For sure, for sure. Well, his dad, my son's dad actually grew up across the street from it was called Clinton Valley. It's called CVC, Clinton Valley something. And it was an old asylum. Yeah. And they tore it down. And Transformers is actually filmed in Pontiac where CBC was at. And he said in the mornings, there was always fog and these dogs out roaming the yards. And he said, you never saw them during the day. It was just around four or five in the morning. And it was a creepy place. They tore that down and build apartments and houses on it. And his niece's dad, his niece's dad, has an apartment there on the second floor. And he was telling me he looked outside and saw a man standing outside on the balcony and there's no way they could have got up there. And there's been growls heard in second floor houses on that property. Yeah, We drove through there one night and I, I didn't realize where I was at. I said, he's, I said, are we on CVC property? And he said, yeah, why? I said, you can feel it. I said, you need to get me off this right now. But it was huge. 
And I'll look like I Googled it and looked at the photos and it's amazing to see. Yeah. I was like, geez, you got to see that. And that would have been like so cool just to like see the building. Yeah. But I guess it was pretty violent too. Detroit? That area? That building? With a lot of factories that too. That asylum. Yeah, asylum for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, GM, Ford, all those. Yeah, we're talking, you know, not not, things run a little smoother in the in the in the car factories now. You know, little things more touch up. You know, brandy over. You know what I mean? Fold you up like the Mangler or something like that. All types of crazy wild stuff. Yeah, Detroit was the oh Motown. You got Motown as well. You know, a lot of broken dreams and bad vibes from that. Um. Yeah, crazy. All I know is what Eminem and ICP tell me about Detroit. But and we were actually up there. I gotta think. August we went up for the Woodward cruise, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It goes from Detroit through Pontiac and all the areas around there. It's huge. People it- from all over the world come. And drive their fancy cars. And all they do is cruise. People sit along the roads. They do burnouts. There's Police don't really bother you during that. Yeah. Um, they kind of, you can see them laughing. Like when people like kill their tires, they kind of laugh at them like the rest of us. But we um, drove through Detroit and we were going to Bell Island, which is haunted as well. And... His dad actually said, he goes, I don't like this area. He goes, let's go. Like, he wanted out of it, and he grew up close to it. He's like, no. He goes, this does not look right. And it, like, you go from really nice area, and then you cross a bridge, and you can see homeless people. You can see abandoned buildings, bars on windows, doors. It's like night and day, side by side, like within a half mile of each other. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Do you, do you have a moment that you've been the most scared when you were in, in, in a, might maybe not even an investigation, just maybe in personal, regular going about life days, but anything that you can just jumps to your mind automatically that you were like, whoa, whoa. Um, investigating probably at OSR the first time I was there. It still really sticks out in my mind. It felt like something was trying to get inside my body and take over. Yeah. And I had a panic attack with it. I was crying. For some reason, we didn't know how to get out of there. We were confused and we finally got out and I got grounded and I was fine. Um, not me, but I was there was it was on global ghost hunts may investigation of once again ohio toledo's collingwood art center um it's huge it it, you would need two days to investigate the whole place so what it is was an old convent and that turned into a school and it has an auditorium in there it has a house where the family used to live and it's absolutely huge we didn't even get to where the nuns lived at 
we were in there and we were investigating and in the basement in one of the rooms, there's a pentagram. (laughs) And we were told that if you take the elevator to the fourth floor, they were going to leave the door unlocked for us to walk over the dome in the auditorium to get to the nun cells. That's what they called their rooms with cells. I thought it was kind of creepy. But that room was locked. That door was locked. So we went down to the fourth floor or the third floor thinking, well, you know, maybe there's a stairway to go up. Well, there was a stairway that went up to one room. And the gal that gave the tour said that room always gave her the creeps. And above the door was a triangle. And then on the wall, there was a crude drawing. And my friend Catherine, she did the live stream with us. She came in from Greece. Not there, but on live stream. And she said that pentagram and that triangle and that crude drawing all went together to trap. She said there was like seven demons in there trapped. The triangle traps it. And we never found our way back up to the nun cells. So we're investigating. My best friend's daughter was with me. She was with me. And we went down to the third floor. And for some reason, I felt we were taken to that room. So we're investigating, doing our live stream. And we're in the section of the house. And in the house on the second floor, there was a woman that was pushed down the stairs and killed back in the day. And you go through the basement to get to the first floor of the house. And then you go up to the second floor. And we were sitting in our room. And I was doing the Estes method. And I kept hearing F you on the SV7. And I felt like there was an old man screaming in my face and on the video you can hear me describe him as um is it mr burns that was on the simpsons that had like skinny pointy nose is that i'm thinking yeah yep that's what the guy reminded me of and like you could hear him growl at me and Catherine was telling me there was a little girl that kept standing behind me to protect her and this guy he was like f you f you And you can hear all this stuff coming through. And all of a sudden, my friend, my best friend's daughter starts rocking and crying. And she starts screaming. And they pulled me out. And this scared me for her. Is that, and you can see it in the video towards the end. And she's like, don't touch me. Don't fucking touch me. And she screams. She's like, quit talking to me. Quit screaming at me. Nobody's screaming at her. Nobody's touching her. And we get her to the stairs. I'm like, Katie, you need to go down the stairs. No. I said, come on. She goes, you're going to push me down the stairs. I said, I'm not going to push you down the stairs. And her mom's like two feet away from her. And she's like, quit touching me. And you can hear Cindy go, Katie, I'm not touching you. Nobody's close to you. And she keeps saying, you're screaming at me. And she goes, they're telling me you're going to push me down the stairs. So I go, then we finally get her to go. And her mom's behind her. And one of the other guys that's with us is behind her. When we get down the stairs, 
and Becky is the last one coming down. And we're like getting to the landing to go down through the basement. And you hear Becky say, go, 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 go. And we're like, what? She goes, I heard somebody running up behind me on that wood floor. Like they were going to push her down like had happened before. Yeah. And we get to go down. We start to go down to the basement. And Katie does this again. We're like, come on, you got to go. She goes, no, there's a big black man standing there. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, he's like, not a black man, but a big black mass of a man. Nobody else saw it. And we had to push her past him, like, get her to go. And we got her outside, and it took me two hours to ground her. It was that bad. And we put um, obsidian on her. Her mom gave her an obsidian bracelet, and it was broke the next morning when she got up. And then we were going to the Hinsdale house, and I told her, I said, you can't go. I said, there's no way in hell I'm going to let you step foot on that property. Yeah. Because everything that happened there, I won't let her go to anything like that. I told her she couldn't go back to the art center either. And that that was scary for me, for her. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does make sense, yeah. You go and, back, yeah. I mean, I'll go back, but no, you're not going back. Yeah. But that scared me for her. And... Scary. She's really sensitive, so. You know, go back to the the, 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 nun, the nun room. I think it was with the demons in it. You said the triangle mm-hmm. locked them locked them in, and there was mm-hmm. a lewd image. Yep. The lewd image. Do you think that was to draw them to like the area where it contained it? I, if I remember, Catherine said. That was the drawing was letting us know what was in the area. Like the triangle was keeping them there. Bye. And it was in a, like a, a nun's quarters, was it? It was upstairs. And uh, no, we didn't get to the nun's cell. This was just in part of the convent. Okay. I have the photos. I can send you guys the photos. Yeah, I always love seeing photos. But I, it... What do you think that was? Do you think that, you know, because I think of like, you know, like they, like they trapped, like they caught demons. My mind automatically goes, okay, they captured these demons and they kind of locked them into this place. And even mm-hmm. though people aren't there anymore, they're still there. Kind of reminds me of an old Twilight Zone episode with the devil. You know, they got the, the devils in this, this locked up room and he's like, I'm just a regular guy. You know, they, they're crazy. They put me in here. They think I'm the devil. And then they unlock the door and let up, let the devil free. And it was all about how the devil tricks you. It was a great episode. So that's kind of like what I was envisioning is almost like they trapped them in there. And so like how, yeah, I mean, you stumble into something like that. You'd have to, I don't know. Well, she had, told, she had yeah. told us in that room that they had painted over it. Yeah. Once, and somebody put it back in that room. Peace. Yeah. She said it was some of the people. What they have is, um, like I said, it's an art center. Yeah. They rent the old rooms in there as studios. Okay. So she thinks maybe, like, one of the photographers or one of the artists created this again and did a photo shoot. Bring in artists, and now we got a whole different type of pain coming into the situation. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's more pain and negative energy. Yeah. 
But yeah, um, if you watch that on Global Ghost Hunts YouTube channel of us at Collingwood Art Center, you can see all of that. I'm going to check it out. Ray, what did you think about that with the triangle locking them in and them kind of being confined to that area? What's your take on that? Uh, Well, actually, different cultures around the world will use different symbols Mm. for that very reason, to lock them down and trap them. The problem comes when someone decides to modify, break the seal, and then then you end up releasing them. Mm. So even if you paint over it, that may be counterproductive because you now get covering the seal. It's there, but you may have weakened it a little bit. I can see that. But yeah, it's it's a it's a common thing to to seal. You put a seal on them. And yeah, you're locking them in, locking them in place. Now this this lewd the the lewd image is there something sexual or is there something like blasphemous or what 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 what, what type of is it what it was, the what they demons would look like or it was just like a really crude drawing. Okay, like it looked like a little kid drew it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It reminds me when you go into like an abandoned building and the teenagers do like private parts on like spray paint, like the private parts and stuff. That's what I'm kind of picturing a little bit. It was like, it kind of looked like Shrek. It's okay. what it reminded me of the drawing, like Shrek yeah. with horns. Okay. Like, that's about the only thing it reminded me of. I'm trying to pull those pictures up. Demons look like Shrek is a good theory we want to go with. Disney. It's a Disney thing. I was like, uh, trying to find them. It was May. And it was on May 13th, too. Look at that. Oh, there you go. That stuff always creeps me out, too, because you think of, like, the ancient evils that are, like, they got the cross on the... Ah, found it. Yeah. Okay. So you can't enter. Yeah. So, can you see that? Oh, yeah, that's horrifying. Dude, pentagrams always horrified me going all the way back. And then... That. That's the triangle, eh? You know, the triangle... And that's the drawing. Oh, that is the drawing. Okay, yep. yeah, that is like a demon face. Okay, that's definitely yeah. devilish. Yeah, that's definitely the devil. Yeah. Um, for sure, triangles always caught up at all this. Oh, and it had hold on i forgot about this part Uh oh so if you look at this you see can you see that it's like a pentagram and then that and then the demon looking thing and then the triangle and there's an equal sign in there i wonder if it's like you can break it down with the lines you know, a lot of, like the symbolism and stuff. It's like, well, you can make, take these two images, and if you break them up, you create this image. You know what I mean? Which is the triangle. And here's the one that was hanging above the door. That was on the wall. That's what was hanging above the door. Yeah. And then... To this day, even if I go into like an abandoned building and I see a spray painted pentagram on a wall, I still get like the creeps. It's always bothered me that, you know, I've always had, cause I grew up kind of in religious household, church family. So 
that stuff's always been no bueno. You know, I get a, I remember I told a story years ago about we had a sleepover and kids thought they were cool putting pentagrams on their on their bodies. You know what I mean? Like it was a cool thing to do. They were caught up in some Ozzy Osbourne, some of that Ozzy Osbourne type stuff. And uh, I hate to say it, the kid that put the pentagram on him is no longer with us. He actually passed away last year. Ray, that's that's a new addition to the story. That unfortunately, that dude is no longer with us. But dude, I bring it back. I bring it all the way back to the pentagram. We don't play with stuff like that, you know. That's why I think it was. We're talking earlier. I was talking about, you know, what about this? Do you think that there's a responsibility that these paranormal reality shows owe the public because you're going to show it to maybe maybe a six year old, eight year old kid? taps into it and goes oh well now i can maybe i can reach out maybe i can reach out to grandma or something like that not knowing that if you just oh you know you you throw it out there who knows what's answering you back you know what i mean it could be troublesome behavior you know but well that's also like that's one of your favorite things is that uh, the same thing as the ouija board oh the ouija board is big too go to the toy store why is the Ouija board in the toy store, in the toy department? You know what I mean? Kids are more open and susceptible. It is. It's kind of like dark arts. It's kind of like some dark Illuminati stuff with the board game company. But that's a, that's a story for another day. That's another. That's a three-hour journey right there talking about Ouija boards. But, Jen, this was fantastic. You know what I mean? My cat's watching something. Uh-oh. That's too that that's another thing. The cats can see it. They're eye they have special eyes than us. What's she watching, Westy? Okay, he's done. Though you see those um, videos, yeah. You see a video on like YouTube of like the cat or the dog just staring or barking into like the mm-hmm. corner and they get all freaked out. Those videos upset me too. Those are weird. But you know the cat the the dot the, the the way the the cat's eyes are designed i think they're allowed to see light you know like rays of light better than we can or something like that or the shadows or something there's something up with their eyes yeah they can they can see into the spirit world where we can't hmm. uh well, one fun thing i like to do uh done in the past is i've got a ghost tube app the one that yeah. shows the stick stick figures yes mm-hmm. um if the catch the cat staring off somewhere, turn that on to see if that picks up anything in the same direction that the pet is looking. Yeah, you, you might be surprised. It's also something I like to do sometimes. It's just outside or out in public is very discreetly just scan around and you pick up figures moving around where there are no people. Yeah, they're among us all the time. They walk among us. I know he will sleep at the end of my bed and watch out the door, which is kind of interesting. It's like he's guarding us. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so my son has a Tesla. My oldest does. And have you seen where they're driving through a cemetery and there's some setting yeah. on that Tesla? I told him one day, I said, we need to go to the cemetery after dark and we got to drive your Tesla. He's like, why? I said, I, I just want to see what it picks up. Yeah. 
Let me know if, if you pick anything up, because I've seen those videos. Ray, if you're not familiar with the videos, so the Tesla is built in with something that kind of, like, scans around the car to see so you don't hit people, stuff like that. So, like, supposedly, if you put on that mode while driving through a cemetery, you look, you, there's, like, people walking by you <laughs> in the cemetery, like, that you don't see, which would be g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-g-
he does the NADP thing too. He's the regional director. Him and Brian Bowden, they do all that. Um, those guys are, I tell you what, they both got some interesting experiences. I'll have to, we'll have to link up because I, we love talking to everybody. We're, 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 we're very talkative people. You know? If you ever watch a, what podcast is Brian has three beards podcast. Okay. Yeah. I think I've he heard has, that. Yeah. He's on, he, that's his podcast and he's very, very interesting to him and Albo. They've got some awesome stories like ghost cryptids. Um, insectoids. Oh, I like that. And Al has actually been in a what was that serial killer in New York? David uh, Berkowitz. Yes, he used to deliver mail to his building. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. You guys need to chat with Al. He's yeah, we'll hit him up. We'll, we'll we'll be in touch. We can you can give give me the full list, and we'll contact them up and get them going. We got some group discussions going. Have a lot of fun, you know. Yeah, those guys are great to interview on their own. Yeah. When I had my podcast a few years ago, I had them on and a couple of times, and it we be I was like, okay, it's my bedtime. I have to get up early. You guys just keep talking. <laughs> That's uh, we we get a few folks on the network that are like that. Ray's like that. We have a dude named Alex. It's like that. When it's time to go, it's time to go. You know what I mean? And I guess it, the, the, everybody knows when it's time to go. So who am I to say when it's not time to go? You know what I mean? Yeah. But again, Jennifer, this was fantastic. We really appreciate you coming on. Eclipse Paranormal out there. If anybody, can you just tell people real quick if they want to get a hold of you, they want to do some area events. But just kind of follow what you guys are doing. You guys are doing a lot of really cool and good stuff over there. I want people to kind of follow up with it. Xander. That's right. Xander Hawk. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> he, he gets so involved in those games. I'm like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah. It's real life. It ain't oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He'll scream. and Oh, he squeals, too. It's hilarious to hear him do that. But um, it's eerieevents.com. Eerie.events, and then we're on Facebook, and then I have Eclipse Paranormal, which the website, eclipseparanormal.com, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, and then the women of the paranormal celebration.com. We have tickets, vendor spots still available. Yeah. What else we got there? Um, speakers are full. We got several different investigation packages. And then that's women of the paranormal celebration.com. I know it's long, but it makes you remember what the event is. And that's on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And I, everything else is on the eclipseparanormal.com and eerie.events, men's event. The Michiana Crypticon and the Lake Erie Parafest. That's all in the other ones. I yeah. think I got it all. And then there's Global Ghost Hunt. So we don't have that up yet. And then the Dogman Project as well. North American Dogman Project. Yes, dot com. Dot <laughs> com. Well. You can actually hear uh, some howls on there. I like that. 
Yeah. Dogman's an interesting one. We can get, yeah, definitely having you back on to talk some cryptid talk. And we'll get some of these folks on too with or with groups, trying to do more groups this season. So we're trying to do a good, that could be a fun deal. But again, thank you for coming on the show. This was a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Thank you. Have a good Thanks, guys, for having me. Anytime. Loved having you. We'll have you back on again. We hope everybody out there enjoyed this episode. If you did, you know, subscribe and follow wherever you listen to audio podcasts. If you want to support a little deeper, check out the Patreon page at Boombastic Streaming. That's a, that's by golly, that's a, that's films and a podcast network with more than 11 shows on it for crying out loud for starting at $5 for the beautiful parks. Of course you want to be there. It's a fantastic place to be living. And, uh, We'll catch you there on the next episode of Mostly Ghostly.